welcome to the Tech Story Podcast, where storytellers kibitz about technology that makes us go, hmm, what's that about? Now introducing your host, Doug Thompson. Hey, everybody, welcome to Tech Story. This is a new edition that we've got going on. It's called Tall Tales from Texas. And with me, they're not all tall. Well, two of us are. One of us is not. But we'll, he has good hair. And you know, <laughs> they're some of the best storytellers that I know and around. They're all in the Austin area. Um, I've met them. And I want to introduce, and I'll start off with uh, our the person to my left, because he was on the call first, Mr. Stephen English, and then Josh Joshua Deshay. And again, they're sort of both all around the Austin. So, gentlemen, introduce yourself. All right. Well, thank you so much, Doug. You know, it's funny you say, you know, great storytellers. It made me think of a, a, a line where it said, you know, my rhymes are bottomless. And I had nothing else to say after that. You know, actually, I, I don't consider myself to be a fantastic storyteller. I just I just make stuff up in the moment. Um, so my name is Stephen English. So I'm a coach and trainer, speaker, all of the above. I have been coaching now for a couple of years. Um, recently got my certification. How did I get here? Um, so that's an interesting question that I'll pose to myself. So I got into public speaking about 15 years ago, taught classes and in corporations as a an engineering manager who did a side job as an instructor. And just found it really tied in with my passion and my purpose. You know, I just, for whatever reason, uh, maybe in a past life, I, I was a court jester or, um, you know, I, I was got in, in some kind. I, I do have a hat for that. And, I, and, you know, next time if we jump on video, I'll, I'll just wear the hat. Uh, you know, maybe in a past, like I said, maybe in a past life, I, I had some different role. But I've just always enjoyed standing up in front of people and sharing ideas with the purpose of really inspiring them or changing them, right? Changing something about them, either giving them new information so that they could take new action or inspiring them to do something that they were already inclined to do, which really both of those tie into being a coach. Uh, That's why I really love doing that because I love seeing people change their lives, right? And, you know, one of the things that I say to every person who talks to me as a coach is, you know, I see more in them than they see in themselves. And I want more for them than they believe is possible. So, yeah, that's that's why I'm really charged up, you know, to talk about coaching, talk about public speaking. These are all just uh, kind of loves of mine. And cool. thank you for having me on. Sure. All right, Josh. Joshua Deshay, uh, sales coach and trainer with the Sales Rebellion and national director of channel partnerships for a company called First Star HR based out of Dallas. Um Storyteller, I, I think I, uh, growing up, you know, we had an interesting childhood. Um, and I think my storytelling probably started then. You know, you, when you grow up with not a, as much money as maybe some of your friends, you, you learn to tell tall tales about things that you have that you don't. And so I remember the first time ever telling a story. Um, unfortunately, it was not altruistic or fantastic. Um, it was not my finest moment, but I remember vividly walking into an Eckerd's when I was eight and I really wanted these things called muscle men. And I don't know if you remember these things, little toys, they're like little bendy. They, they're about eh, three inches tall. And I had my parachute pants on <laughs> from the eighties and walked in and decided to whistle. Cause I saw someone do it in a, in a movie. 
started whistling and I started walking down the aisle and I was obviously no one could tell what I was doing. Um, and I slowly but surely placed the package of muscle men in my, in one of the uh, zipper pouches of my parachute pants. And I started walking out and the, uh, the man at the corner or at the, uh, behind the, the desk said, Hey son, I think you have something that's mine. And I said, no, I really don't. It's my legs are just really a, uh, big from working out <laughs> and the guy looked at me and kind of laughed and said you need to hand it over and I said well not sure what you're talking about but if it's these fine you can have my muscle men and I gave it to him and I ran out and um, I think that started my career as a, as a storyteller luckily I learned um, pretty soon after that I probably needed to tell stories that were true yeah, use, use stories for good, Joshua. Use stories right. for use good. Right, stories for good. Well, and so it, it brought me. I, I became a musician and um, worked on stage and 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 did a bunch of acting and, and music. And one of the things you learn on stage is, in order to relate to the audience, you, you want to get them on your side pretty quickly. So you learn the art of being able to tell stories that are relatable to the people in front of you. And I like to tell people that storytelling. I mean. For me, the, the best storyteller of all time was Jesus, right? He told parables to people, and, and they were real, but they were stories that allowed people to understand a complex topic or situation in a, in a way that they could relate to them, that they could understand them, that they then could act upon them. And, and to me, storytelling has kind of taken off since then, and I, I don't think I could coach or train in sales or, or do my other jobs without the ability that I've learned over time to tell a story in order to relate to someone and build a relationship. And that's what storytelling has meant to me. Well, and that's, and that's what sales is, you know, that it's all about, you know, making that relationship and doing that and storytelling is the best way to, to sort of do that. I think it's funny. You mentioned about Jesus and the parables to do that and going, you know, it's relatable, relatable to them, but as I read them now, because I don't have the context of the time that they're living in, you have to have somebody who spent all these years in theology, explain them to me. Well, and, and you know what's interesting about that, right, is that that's how storytelling should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say this. What I, the story that I tell now in order to allow someone to understand a complex um, idea or thought or situation should be relatable to now. Mm -hmm. And as we grow and as we get older and as we develop, those stories have to change, right, because mm -hmm. we have to relate to a new audience. And so, you know, the beauty, I think, of a storyteller is that they're able to determine what, what period they're in, who they're in front of, and change that story in a way that allows the other person to understand. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's interesting, too, because I think even more so in terms of a good storyteller, by the way, they always tell a real story. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a real story. They're not making crap up. But you can tell it from a different angle to get one person to understand it as opposed to someone else where you, you've got to look at it from a different point of view and tell the same story to get them to understand. So mm -hmm. storytelling isn't just repeating something that you've heard. It's being able to live within the words and the images that you create from those. I know I've used, sometimes I make composite characters to compose a story. You know, you, you, you see in, in working with technology, especially, and Stephen can appreciate this, is that you see companies at different states and different stages all trying to maybe implement the same thing. And you, you create this composite of all those things along their complete journey because they're all in different places. And so it's still a true story. You're just simply stitching the different pieces together for this composite character. You know, the names are changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Steven, I know yeah, you I do think, that. 
Yeah, I think what you're I think what you're referring to, and already you know Josh brought it up, is, is this audience, right? Mm-hmm. The audience, the audience analysis is so critical. You know, when when you go into creating either a presentation or a speech or or you know coming up with a story, identifying what's in it for the audience is really key. You know, understanding any of their existing biases, what they already know about a topic. All of that really are, are some really important inputs to creating a relatable story. You know, like like Josh mentioned there, you could take the same story, the same set of facts, and then just tailor it to a given audience. And by the way, I, I didn't want to lose the opportunity to talk about telling stories uh, in the context of, of lies. I mean, I, I, I didn't know we were going to go there, but it was really funny when I was a kid. Hey, Josh, is, Josh was in sales. We always go there. It's, yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't realize we were going to go protect ourselves here. Come on. Now. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I remember when I was a little kid, my mother went to a, a fortune teller and she said, you know, your son, Stephen is going to win a prize. And, and of course, she told me that, and I thought, hmm, what was the last prize that I, I, I entered in for? <clears throat> and at the mall, they had a three-wheeler, an ATX 200, I want to say it was. It was a Honda. It was, it was red, white, and blue, of course, because all the Honda quad or three-wheelers three at that time were, were red, white, and blue. And I just – I wanted it so badly. And I remember getting on the bus in the morning – with the kids at school and told them that, that I won it. <laughs> and, and I was, I was, I was trying to, I, maybe I was trying to do a law of attraction thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I'm grateful for what has not yet arrived in my life. And so I'm showing gratitude for this thing. And of course, you know, they, they kind of caught on after a little while. They're like, Hey, where, where's that three wheeler? So I, I completely understand the, the power of telling stories and, and also the, the need for them to be grounded in, in some kind of reality. But I, I, I just wa- yeah. wanted to be able to jump in on that. I, I don't know if I'll go into the shoplifting stories, though. You know, statute of limitations is uh, no, actually, still out for him. Shoplifting. Yeah, it's actually st- shoplifting. Is, uh, I think it has a pretty short sh- statute of limitations. I actually think most people would love to hear about your mid-30s uh, <laughs> stories of shoplifting. So it, go ahead and do it. That, maybe that can be a different – that can be a different, uh, podcast, yeah. But, you know, the criminal inside the criminal mind, you know, they, it's a, oh, something Lord. like that. We all found at some point in time. I mean, for me, it was um, I, I, I was doing things sort of unconsciously, almost on that. I wasn't purposeful about the stories. I just knew that I knew that when when I was talking to people about technology or something on that, I had to solve a problem for them, and just naturally, I went to let, let's let 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 the bits and bytes fade into the background and let's focus on what this can do right in your language. And I, and I learned through trial and error, which ones were more impactful, you know, which ones had more traction. And as we go from products back in, you know, back in computers and where you had one operating system to now everything's as a service, the stories now change because it's, you're not, you're buying a relationship that's, going on and the, the problems that are solving are constantly evolving like Joshua like you said what's true today but I always try to yeah. it, it, my dog's arguing with me but um, <laughs> you know, I always try to 
because everything is as a service, I want to pick a stake down the road that, okay, if if you, in this discussion, it's sort of discovery, I said, if, if you had the perfect world, what would that look like, right? And I think Stephen may use this as in his coaching things too, as you sort of do that and you you take all the boundaries off, all take all the parameters off of everything. You could get everything that you wanted. What would that look like? And then I tell stories and we, we sort of, sh- we shoot back a little bit instead of staking the ground a little bit closer that's along that path, knowing that in three years, something's going to change and that, you know, the past no longer valid, right? So, and as Stephen, as you're working with you know, people and they develop and they overcome their, their speaking, you know, that you're naturally, what you started at, you know, what you originally thought your destination was going to be is not that anymore, right? And it's yeah. sort of altering as you go along. Yeah, I think it would, what, you're, what you're pointing toward is, is kind of people being bought in to a, a future that they can imagine. Mm-hmm. In, in the cases of, you know, working with a client, be it coaching client, a technology client, it doesn't matter. You know, you're really kind of pulling back all the limitations, as you mentioned, and, and letting them imagine, like, what would your ideal life, like, what would an ideal system, your, be it, you know, an IT system, uh, be it their, uh, you know, networking system. In, in your case, I know you do deal a lot with artificial intelligence. That's you, you know, two guys, would, by the way. What's that? You're both artificial intelligence, so I'm dealing with you guys. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'm artificial intelligence. I use Google all the time. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in any case, yeah, I think getting people bought in on this future that they can imagine is is a powerful tool. And and in storytelling, you know, if you like you were saying, you know, I think I think what's what's behind that is that if you can understand what the client's say vision looks like you can tell a story of of how that will play out mm-hmm. yeah i mean i agree i think that uh you know it, what's interesting about storytelling is that it, there i think there are certain things that are that are positives like storytelling that you can only do from a i don't know well-meaning point of view storytelling is one of those things that it can be used for good or evil Right. And I think that in that regard, when we're talking about doing what's good for clients, I, I think I take a slightly different approach in that. What I always want to do when I'm telling a story, because I, I've been burned in the past by storytellers who stole, who told stories merely to um, persuade someone to do something that they wanted. And storytelling can be done like that. Right. Storytelling. You think about the charlatans back in the in the settler days who came through selling you know, magic potions or selling different things, you know, the traveling salesman, and, you know, we never wanted to be Harold Hill from the music man who, mm-hmm. you know, sold the, the town on a, on a mystical band that he never had because he couldn't play an instrument that you want storytelling instead to be about the person that's in front of you. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that Steve was really mentioning there. Right. And for me, and a good storyteller understands a couple of things. One that the person in front of you matters most. Second, that the story and the the value you get from the story is second. And I think I've seen this a lot with people who get into storytelling uh, based upon sales where the end goal ends up being telling a good story and not helping the other person relate and understand. Mm-hmm. And the good storytellers that I've met – and Doug, you're like this – that the storytelling is merely a vehicle – 
that you use. The the storytelling is not the end all be all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, if I can tell a story for five minutes to one crowd to get them to completely understand and relate, that's fantastic. If I have to tell an intricate story that takes 25 minutes to another crowd, as long as they get it, that's okay. Both stories are perfect. Mm-hmm. Both, both um, situations are perfect as long as we understand that the end goal is the person we're telling the story to and the relationship and the value that we're hopefully bringing in that particular situation. You, again, we go back to Jesus telling the parables. The goal was never the story. The goal was the relationship. Mm-hmm. The goal was then after that, that relationship being forged strongly enough that they could understand the thing that he was trying to teach them. But for him, it was always the relationship, right? That's what made Jesus, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that, and I think that for storytellers, we always have to remember that there is a power in what it is we do. And we have an influential way of going about things. People are influenced, especially the good storytellers, the ones that can captivate a crowd. Mm -hmm. And man, if you're doing this for the wrong reasons, then, um, you can get yourself into a world of hurt. So I think that we have a, it's, we have a, um, I don't know. I think storytellers need to make sure they understand they have a calling and that calling should be to provide value and to build relationship first to the person on the other side. In the end, the the story is just a vehicle to get to that. Mm -hmm. And I think too many people use storytelling as a means to benefit themselves instead of the other way around. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in sales for, 30 odd years more than that and i you know we all have quotas i mean that's everybody's in sales but i mean in, in this one where you're you have a quota that you have to meet and all that it's i I've, been, I've worked with people that that did that you know they focused okay here's the number i have to do and i'll get it any way that i have to and and they usually didn't last long they built i mean it's a bad taste and usually you had to do a lot of damage repair afterwards i look at it more as of i'm not necessarily selling anything I'm solving a problem you have and you're willing to pay something for that. There's value there to do that. And if I'm doing that correctly, the numbers take care of themselves. It's, you know, it, it, it's not, the goal is not the number, maybe to your manager or something like that, but you know, at the end of the day, but it, it for me, it, I'm building a relationship and, and I don't want to do something that you simply, Hey, you need to buy this. Cause I need to, I need to make this, this metric. I don't care whether you would sell it or not. And that's where when you get to this as a service model, they have to de- they have to deploy it and use it or, you know, they're not going to renew on it. I mean, they don't have to, right? Because it's as a service. So I think it's even more important now. Absolutely. Again, I think relationship and value, relationship and value. And when we do sales coaching and training, um, we have to make sure that we really, I don't want to say we beat it into people because people are going to accept or they're not. But it's a consistent theme, right? We're going to be intentional about relationship and building value, relationship and giving value, relationship and giving value all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, by the way, as a storyteller, it can be hard not to tell a story, but sometimes the person in front of you will not get a relationship and not get the value out of in the end, Mm -hmm. especially in business. It should be, right? It's a vehicle to get to where you want to be. That's why you see people who are nefarious in what they do and, they, and they're doing the wrong things. They use that story as a vehicle to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And so the story is always the vehicle. The story is not the end game. Right. And so as long as in your situation, you know, you, you say, Hey, I'm just going to show them a solution. And that, again, you're showing them something of value mm-hmm. and you get there and you get their attention by the story that you tell that helps them relate to that product. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, 
think that if more people saw it that way, storytelling, by the way, would be a lot easier for people. Because <laughs> yeah. I think too many people see the, the idea of telling a story as I've got to tell a story in order to sell this. Mm-hmm. I've got to tell a story to get this. And if you change that around and you, your mindset shifts and you say, I'm not telling a story to sell anything. I'm telling a story to build a relationship and, and give value to the other person. All of a sudden, it's like in public mm-hmm. speaking, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, when you take away that and you add in the value in the relationship, all of that's easy. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I stutter or say, um, or forget a, a line in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I forget a big piece of the story. In the end, relationship and value. Mm-hmm. I, I want to jump in because I'm. it's interesting you mentioned you know, telling the story and if you forget a line or there's actually a practical utilization of stories, not just, and I completely agree, it does form relationships. It It is easily relatable to the audience when you tell a story. But the practical thing that I get out of storytelling is it's darn easy to remember, right? Because it happened to you. So when I get up there, if I have a speech I don't want to necessarily have it all written out and I just want to have, here's my introduction. Maybe there's a shocking fact. Then I'll, I'll actually write down story about X, Y, Z, then my three main points. And then my conclusion, which, you know, could be a quote, it could be a call to action. It could be whatever it might be. But the point is, is that that makes it so much easier for me to deliver that speech because I just remember a series of different stories. Mm-hmm. And I know, Doug, you, you know, you, you probably pull that in a lot with, with the way that you deliver, uh, you know, your conversation with the customer, you know, when you're, you may not even be the speaking, it may not be like a formal, you know, public speaking activity, but it, it is something where you'll just pull that story out mm-hmm. and it's so much easier for you to keep the conversation going and, and you know, keep it uh, moving forward. Yeah, I have I have lots of stories. I've stolen some good ones too. I mean, some of the best ones I have, I've, I've gotten from other ones because it's just so powerful. And I and I tell it as, you know, this best story after you know is X Y Z. I think we've 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 talked about how powerful these things are. We're sort of reaching the end of this episode on this one. We've introduced ourselves, sort of told the power of stories and why we like them. What I want to do in the next one is sort of what are some of the tools that we use to to tell these, what are the, you know, you know, there's different vehicles to do it. There's a formal presentation. There's sort of the, like, like Joshua and I talk about, if you've got a cold call or something, you're trying to do exploration and get more information out of them to sort of construct the story even, or know which story is appropriate to use. So in the next episode, I want to come in. We want to sort of break that down a little bit because there is an art and a science behind that. And, and we don't, you know, it's, it's something that can be learned, it's but it's very powerful because once you start mastering that piece of it and, and adding those things to because because like I said I I will tell the same story core of it maybe a dozen different ways depending on who the audience is because I think Joshua you said earlier you can sort of spin it to where it's more applicable to that that audience it's time and and those are things that as you do it and Stephen mentioned this earlier you know is the it's thinking in stories. It makes it a whole lot easier to remember, and, and I'll share some some of the challenges I had with my TED Talk on the next one as well, because there were some facts and figures in that part of the speech I really struggled with. And then you you can if you watch it very closely, I know where it's at. You can sort of tell where it got into the more storytelling pieces of that. 
And it was, uh, you know, as I sat there and dissected, it's it's sort of an interesting thing to prove Stephen's point. So, well, I'm going to be interested in, in hearing from you about that because I do think that a, a place like TED, it, it makes it challenging to be a, a to me a good a good storyteller mm-hmm. because you have to submit right what you're going to talk about and you have to stay on a script. Yeah. And if you mess up, you almost feel like you have to go back and make sure that you fix it instead of doing what a storyteller should do, which is just going with the flow of it. So yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Well, be prepared, bring some coffee. It may be a while. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a long episode. So th- gentlemen, thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, being a guest on this. And we'll make this a, a monthly segment here. And, and again, we're from Texas, so we have to tell tall tales with that. But we want to give you the tools so that you as the audience can, can do the tall tales as well. So um, until next week, that's Tech Story, and this is Tall Tales from Texas. Thanks, Stevens. Thanks, Joshua. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks, Joshua.